This is the Everything EV Podcast by EV Powered. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything EV Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything electric. I'm your host, Charlie Atkinson, and in these episodes we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel. So whether it be cars, bikes, boats or even planes, we'll have it covered. We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space, as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage, and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms, so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released. And please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Valentina Conti of the World E-Bike Series. With the new season just a couple of months away, Valentina is here to discuss the growth of the motorsport, the challenges it's faced along the way, and what we've all got to look forward to later this year when the new championship gets underway. So Valentina, first of all, welcome to the podcast. And now, as I've just mentioned, the new season is just around the corner, so you must be really excited to get going again. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to get going, excited to start a new racing season. Uh, even though we're still facing another pandemic here, so with with all the challenges that that it that it comes with this, uh, is definitely um, a great um, result to be here again, uh, alive and kicking and fighting for that, and for be racing again. And we're going to start in end of April. Um, so we we had like five rounds last year, and you know it was a big question mark in 2021 coming from another crash in here like 2020 so uh, it, it's looking like uh, 2022 is going to be hopefully safer and, and a bit calmer than last year and ideally we're gonna get to have eight rounds so we have five confirmed so far and uh, we are going to unveil the, the three further rounds in the next few weeks yeah obviously as you just said the pandemic has been a massive challenge to everyone so just talk to us about how the season went last year and, and how challenging it actually was. Yeah, of course, it was pretty much challenging because, uh, it, as you said, it was for everyone, but especially you can guess for an emerging discipline, a new sport and a, and a startup company like West Management, that the, the organizer, founder and organizer of this of this series. So, yeah, pretty a lot of expectation. Uh, but in the end, let's say that it, we can say it was pretty much successful. Um, we had five rounds and, and we run it completely safely. Unfortunately, they've been under closed door for most of the season. We only had the chance to open the doors to the public uh, on the last two, uh, of course, at the very end of the season. So when things were getting a little bit better and also the, the time of the year was, was allowing us to do so. Uh, but uh, I think that the response is pretty much positive from uh, both from the, um, let's say, teams and riders and uh, from local promoters, who are, of course, our first interface to, to, to make it happen. So we've been touching uh, the, the, some different countries. We've been, we started last year in Monaco, which is our, um, where, where our headquarter is based. And so it is, uh, as a per, as, let's say, as per West tradition, we normally start the season in Monaco, the Principality of Monaco. Then we got to Italy, then we got to France, and then we had the, uh, the last two rounds in uh, Spain and Girona uh, within the Sea Otter Europe Festival, which is a massive bike festival in Europe, and Barcelona for the final 
again, as a tradition, because even though we had a gap in 2020, because we didn't manage to, to, to run the, the full season, we go back, we went back, sorry, last year in, uh, to visit in the same hosting countries that we already knew in uh, 2019. So we are confirming uh, most of these countries for this season, for, the, for 2022, and we are going to visit uh, new countries. We have already announced uh, Belgium as a new venue. We're very excited to, 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 to get to Belgium because we're gonna get to Spa-Francorchamps, which is an iconic motorsport circuit. So it, it's gonna, we're, we're gonna add Spa-Francorchamps to an already existing uh, motorsport circuit, which is uh, Charade in France. And uh, it's interesting because uh, the West management people is basically, uh, we, we have a um, motorsport background. So uh, we are pretty much familiar to this kind of venues and they are very interesting on, from the other hand because they are witnessing this uh, transition to uh, new energies, to green, to sustainable energies and, and, and supporting immobility. So it, it, it's very much attractive for them to host an event of an e-bike competition. And it's uh, pretty much important for us to, to get to this kind of venues. Yeah, just on that and, and the motorsport background that you, all you guys have, what's your background and how did you become involved with the series? Let's say that we found it together with Francesco Di Biase, who we already met in the past. And, uh, and the third collaborator of ours is, uh, we, we started it from scratch. So we started basically from zero. And uh, the idea, the original idea was to organize an event in, in e-motorsport. But then after an analysis of the market and a studio, we, just, we, we realized that the event market actually was completely, uh, there was a lack of e-mountain biking event, e-biking event in general. And it was a huge market and it was lasting, it was growing up very fast, even before the pandemic. And then we all know how it, it got to after the pandemic with the, uh, the boom, the very booming sales. So uh, we had to catch the wave and, uh, and this is what we've done. So with, um, let's say that we, we still have a lot to learn in, in cycling and in mountain biking in general, but yeah, we are facing now our fourth season so at least we start knowing a bit more than we started than when we started. Okay, great. And now I've not experienced one of the races before, but I will be coming out for the season opener in Monaco in April. And for someone who hasn't been to one of the events before, what have I got to, to look forward to when I get out there? Um, what you would expect that you can expect is to, um, to see some very exciting races because racing is, uh, of course, is the, the heart of all this project. Uh, it all comes from having uh, attractive races for not only the competitors, but for, for the brands and for everyone, including, of course, the, the public, hoping that we're going to have public this year. So um, it's like, um, of course, it is a discipline within the discipline. You know, it, um, it is mountain biking in, in itself is a, uh, a slice of the big cycling cake. But e-mountain biking is something even more uh, exciting because, of course, we are adding some technology to a traditional sport. And uh, it, from our point of view, it makes things much, much attractive, much more appealing for, for anyone. You got very uh, fast and technical uh, trucks, and so are the 
performance of the of the riders. Um, that doesn't mean that it's all about motor, because of course we still have the the key role of a man or a woman uh, riding this bike together with the support of the motor. But uh, what you what you have, and it's what is makes a difference from traditional cycling is that you basically have more technique and more tactic and more strategy behind that. So our, our races are designed to uh, have around one hour race in terms of duration. And uh, this is, uh, this is that was a decision to make it very challenging because you as a rider, you have to handle not only the technique and then whatever is the, the technical part of the track, but also the, the strategy for the uh, battery life, battery consumption, and the use of your power and the motor power along the race. So it, it is very um, exciting for us to, to make it possible and to design uh, race trucks specifically for that, for, for e-mountain biking. Most of these, you cannot ride them or race them with a traditional bike. Yeah, well, I have seen some of the videos of previous races, and I mean, the riders must be absolutely crazy to do what they do. Well, they're either crazy or just much, much braver than I am. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it is definitely very, it, it's something very hard. Uh, as, a, as I said, it's definitely not all, not all about the motor. And if you see, we have very important names participating in the races, such as uh, Olympians or um, world champions and national multinational champions, but um, all these experienced guys and skilled guys, they come over and say, wow, this is tough. This is not like a joke. This is not just I go there and the motor will take me. It's definitely not, not the case. So a, a lot of, a lot of um, a massive input from, from the rider and of course the support of something mechanical and technical, which you have to know and to know well because yes yes you have a 23 to 25 kilos bike in terms of weight and then you finish your battery beforehand before the finish of the race and you have to push it uphill and then handle it downhill which is not easy because it's of course it's heavier and it's not easy not even to face the downhill so the descending so this is pretty much exciting yeah just on the subject of the battery and things like that I was just wondering if you could go into a bit more detail about how fast these bikes actually go and how long the races last and just a few of the technical specifications, if you don't mind. Well, the, all the, the bicycles that can, can compete in our races are, uh, must comply with the European norm. So they have to be, um, they have to reach a maximum of 25 kilometers per hour when it's about the motor. So of course, in terms of, in, 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 uh, Part of the tracks when you have a downhill or you're, you're pedaling fast of course you can reach a, a faster speed and other speed but th there's a legal uh, limitation to that and we are very much strict on that um so th this is what just one category of bikes and they all have to comply with the norm and um the the truck itself is normally around uh, three to three point five kilometer and um, let's say that it, it, it normally takes like seven laps as an average to get to around one hour race. So the, this is the, the, the average is standard. And, uh, and in terms of climbing, you can reach ideally between 1,200, 1,400 meters. I mean, it sounds exhausting just hearing about it personally, but 
Now, just obviously, this is an electric motorsport, and electric motorsports are becoming bigger and bigger. The Formula E, for example, has just started its biggest ever season, and Extreme E had a great debut campaign as well. So, for you guys, you must see the future of all motorsport as electric, but do you think we're getting to a point now where electric motorsport is going to start taking over traditional forms relatively soon? Uh, relatively soon, maybe not fully electric, but of course, there, we are already witnessing a sort of transition. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that it, traditional motorsport is not going to disappear. Traditional cycling would never disappear. But in the, in the mid-long term, we, we will see, um, definitely, we will see a, a big, um, um, a huge increase of this, this discipline both from uh, an amateur and a pro, right, uh, pro side. I mean, it, it, the diffusion of these vehicles is massive. So, uh, and so are the, the, the sports development, I believe. So I, would, I wouldn't say that it's gonna disappear in the midterm, but in the long term, mm, the, 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 the share would be completely different from what we see now. Of course, you mentioned Formula E and Extreme E are two big references, and they are references also for for leader series and leader competition like West. And uh, we have seen how Formula E has been growing up over the last eight years. And uh, somebody still says the the electric Formula One. Now it's Formula E. It's a completely different thing. And you would see that if you go and see a race in Formula E, you would see that. The, the paddock looks different. The, the, the audience is different. They, they have different habits. They, they just look different. They wear different clothes from the Formula One uh, target audience. So, and, and this is more or less the same, th same thing that is happening in cycling. Uh, as I said, we, are, we understand that we are still a niche of a niche, but uh, let's not forget that an average of a competitive bike uh, would cost around 10,000 euros. So, it's a completely different target audience here as well. Yeah, when you say that it's the niche of the niche, but it is growing, I'm, I assume part of your job is to attract more and more people to the sport and to, to grow its overall profile. So how difficult has it been to grow that audience and how much has the sport grown over the past four seasons? Uh, well, yeah, we saw um, an increasing interest from the from the brands, uh, first of all, and from media as well, because we saw also an increase in media coverage from the industry media and the, the lifestyle media as well. So definitely it's growing up and it's growing up fast. And um, uh, a lot of riders are getting closer to it. A lot of pro riders coming from traditional cross country and other disciplines are um, once they they try, they they end up a race excited and exhausted by <laughs> by an end and excited by the other by the other. So um, I would say that maybe I didn't calculate it before this conversation, but I would say that probably eighty to ninety percent of the riders coming from other disciplines trying to participate in one of our races are coming back again and to repeat the experience. And um, the interest in that it is uh, is growing a lot also from the, the the industry, from the bike manufacturers, motor manufacturers, and we are glad to be the only one, the sole UCI official platform, as as we are the sole uh, UCI e mountain bike World Cup at the moment, and uh, and so will be uh, for for a long time. Um, 
and, and this is the platform for, for the manufacturers to develop their products. So it is definitely, it's crucial for us. It's a, it's a key point because it's not only for the, the riders delight or the spectators delight, but it's also, um, you know, the, the, the challenge for the organizers to, to develop a product that is important for them to develop their own products. And these are the same that, that in the end get to, you know, in the hands of the, of the final consumer. Yeah, and I suppose even away from motorsport and just day-to-day life, we're seeing electric cars become more popular as well as electric scooters and of course e-bikes as well. And so when more and more people are using these forms of transport, naturally there's going to be more people attracted to the series as well. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, and as I said, it's it's um, it's easy to see if you come and see a, one of our races. Uh, it's easy to see how different is the, the the public and how different is the the target audience of the, these kind of events. Is is not only the purists, the traditional cyclists, but uh, another kind of user. It's another target audience that wasn't existing before, and these are. The, the kind of people maybe high spending maybe have been already having a big uh, fancy electric car and and looking at e-biking uh, with 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 interest and growing interest yeah exactly and now just looking a little bit further ahead obviously this season is just a couple of months away and we're all really excited for that but moving forwards is the plan for the world e-bike series to become a fully global motorsport and not just based in europe Absolutely, yeah. We would love to be um, uh, a word a word series, not only in the name but also in uh, in, the, in the real facts. Because, uh, as you know, we started last um, 2020. Um, 2020 was the first year we had the we, we reached the title of um, World Cup, and and it was a tough year, as we said, as we all know. Uh, 2021, we decided to stay within Europe because, of course, it was much easier to to plan um, uh, an event calendar um, in, in one continent only. And 2023, we are of course planning to get to finally get overseas because our conversation to get overseas started years ago and then we had to stop them. Uh, so ideally um, we will be very much pleased to, to announce new continents and uh, I can anticipate that we're working on uh, Latin America and we're working on the Emirates for 2023. And the goal is to to, um, make it even bigger and better in 2024. Yeah, just out of interest, you mentioned Latin America there and some of the other areas that you want to go to. And so I was just wondering where the sort of main markets are for e-bikes and where the biggest fan bases are for this kind of sport. Well, in Europe, definitely Germany is leading and is leading leading by far. To, <clears throat> excuse me, on other on the other countries, um, the Nordics in general and that part of Europe, Northern Europe, is is growing faster than other countries. Uh, France has a huge um, uh, fan base and and consumer base down there. Uh, Spain is growing a lot. Italy is also growing up. And in Latin America, we know about Colombia and we know about uh, Argentina. So this, this can be very interesting countries. Then we know that we, on the other side, we had some uh, um, interesting numbers in, in terms of haters in, uh, in the US and in Canada, but also in this country, in these big countries, 
uh, we we have and we already had in the past an interesting conversation to to start getting the series over there. So as I said, you will always have to consider that part of puris that would never ever leave and cheat <laughs> we would never be cheating their, their traditional push bike but um, I think that it's it's a natural process and it's it's gonna it's gonna change it's already changing for us it's already present for a lot of people will be future the near future I mean I do find it interesting that people can be so against electric bikes I, I sort of get it to an extent with electric cars because you have that generation of petrol heads and, and their love for V8s and things like that. But I just find it really hard to imagine someone being so against an electric bike. Yeah, it's it, it's funny if you see, because for for these petrol heads that you mentioned, and probably I'm one of them, at least my, my background is, I cannot hide it. <laughs> it's from there. Um, you, you're taking out something, you're taking out something from the vehicle. Uh, there is no smell, there is no sound, there is no engine. I mean, not that kind of engine, but to the bike, you're actually adding something. So there is something, some interesting part that are additional to the, the traditional version that we all used to. And that makes it much more exciting, much more interesting. But again, probably I'm not the purest cycling uh, person to ask, you know, it's like, I find it more natural on, on a bike than on a motorbike or, or a car. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that this, def- this is definitely going to be bigger than it's now. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, and now just to finish things up, obviously we've spoken about the upcoming season a fair bit in this episode. So could you just run us through the whole calendar from start to finish, just so we all know what we've got to look forward to this year? Yeah, sure. Um, as I said, we've just unveiled five out of the eight rounds. So we're going to start in Monaco in April. Then we have a, a second round to announce end of May. And uh, and I can just say that it's it's a country we have already been to. Um, I hope we, we can unveil it in a, in a few weeks. And then we're going to visit a new country as a third round is still let's say Southern Europe, if I can say that. <laughs> and it's gonna be 9, 10 July. Then we go back to France and we go to Charade and Clermont-Ferrand for round four at the end of July. Then we go for the first half time in, uh, in Belgium and we go to Spa-Francorchamps, as we mentioned before. It, it's gonna be the week after the Formula One. So hopefully some of the fans from Formula One will stay and watch this, the West race at the circuit. And, and then we go to the, the second half of the, uh, the, the season. It's going to be around six in uh, Girona within the Sea Otter Europe Festival, a huge event with a massive participation. Um, and then we, uh, we have another, another potential round around seven, eight of October, eight, nine of October, that uh, should be a very nice venue in a, let's say already visited country, but a new venue. So I'm pretty much excited for that. And then the final, you know, the, the grand finale in, uh, in Barcelona, Spain, uh, mid, mid-October. You know, that riders, uh, most of the riders come from uh, Europe, Northern Europe, let's say colder countries than, uh, than, than Spain. So they, most of them are happy to come, from, to come to Barcelona 
for the for the final round and uh, also have the chance to get you know a few days days off after the end of the season and get some some holidays uh, to spend in a nice warm sunny country that's all for this episode many thanks for listening and if you liked it then please do check out all our other episodes and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released for daily news coverage features and much more you can also head over to evpowered.co.uk thanks once again for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode of the everything ev podcast